you know, it's nice. It's nice not to to be in the spotlight. I don't I don't feel like I'm a person who who's super comfortable with that that part of myself. So releasing a solo album was a, a huge step for me. Most of us have two lives. The life we live and the unlived life within us. We all have our own road to walk. Nothing's perfect and there's going to be a price for everything. There are no rules. Welcome to The Resistance, featuring meaningful conversations. I think I'm grieving the death of part of me. It's not about being the star and being seen. It's about... That explore that very space between who we are and who we say we want to be. I'm your host, Matt Connor. Hello and welcome to The Resistance. My name is Matt Connor and I'm your host. And I am Jay Kirkpatrick and the engineer. Hello, Jay. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a fake pandemic good. Uh, under, under the cloud. I'm right? pandemic good, which means I'm good. If it was regular times, it would be like a two on a 10, but that's a pandemic good right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that too. I'll take that too. That's no. <laughs> Today is an interesting conversation and one I really appreciated with composer and musician Sonder Urians. And Sonder's music is going to be very familiar to a lot of people, even if they don't know it. Along with his partner, Danny Bensey, uh, the two have collaborated to score over a hundred television shows and, and films, including the new HBO series, The Outsider. If you've ever watched the show Ozark on Netflix or the OA or um, just multiple other, um, both TV and, and film entries. But Sonder also just recently put out his first ever solo album called Beasts. And it's really lovely. It's, it's a wonderful album. And it's also an obedience to something that he kind of was afraid of doing or, or hesitant to do. It's something we all feel it's about creating when you don't have any reason to create. I'm pretty sure you can relate to this, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and, and it's not even like, uh, you know, cause Sonder put out this album. So in, in some ways, you know, creating when you don't have a reason to create, there's a couple ways you can take that. It's like you, you create when no one's paying you to do it, or you create when there's no one that might even hear it. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, from that standpoint, like in this interview, he talks about just putting things out there for the sake of putting them out there and not caring really what happens to them afterwards, but they need to be created. Yeah. I, I guess, uh, I, I guess I'm thinking of this. I had a conversation with my wife the other day about, okay, what are we wanting to do sort of moving forward? We were talking about money and planning, family planning, et cetera. I mean, not, not, not children planning, but Matt, I'm, do you have something to tell us? Yeah. I have nothing to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I, I brought up school. I brought up and, and it's something I'd, I'd brought up before and wanting to get my, my MFA in creative writing. And my wife is very, very pragmatic. She did not say anything against it. And she would probably say, I didn't even have a tone. What are you talking about? But, <laughs> but I detected there like a, oh, you are in your 40s and you want to go back to school for something you already do for a living. Like, mm. like 
like great like like wait you don't need a degree to write you're already writing so why do you need to go back and pay to do something that you're already doing like and it does it sounds like so silly on the surface but i i can't shake the nagging feeling mm. that there's something there for me if i go for it and i don't know what that thing is and so not being able to define what's in it for me not being able to have like a purpose for it, not being able to say it's going to increase our bank account or it's, it's going to fulfill this or that requirement, like just the sake of doing something just to do it is really, really hard to, you know, to find permission for even sometimes inside. And so what I loved about this conversation was Sondra was saying, I'm known for being this composer and I've got agencies and films or TV shows, whatever production companies that keep asking me to keep doing that. And yet I had these songs that are mine that don't fit somewhere and I didn't make them for anyone else. And yet no one's asking me for them. And so to take the time Mm. to release those, that's a selfish act yeah um yeah. without any audience and yet i could relate to that so much yeah and i think you know even to jump on with what you're saying like just the idea you know we're in a place where we're doing you know when i talked about doing music and i don't know about when you talked about writing i remember when you were there and you first started putting your first articles out you know when we were working where was it at the youth youth detention center together way back in the day that's a whole other episode story and all that but um <laughs> but uh you know that idea of like i remember when i first started it was almost like I had to do it. I was, even though I didn't know if anything would ever happen, I needed to create, I needed to play music. I needed to get better at it It, all in the face of my parents who said it was irresponsible and I need to get a real job. You know, there's no money in it and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but I need to do it or I'm going to die kind of feeling. (laughs) And then the older I got, the harder it was and the less responsible it felt, even with Mm -hmm. my parents not saying anything and honestly, like me proving them wrong and them being very proud of me and lauding me. And now it's like, if I do anything for the sake of doing it, I feel very irresponsible because, you know, I've got kids, I've got houses, or not houses, yes, I've got a little beachfront <laughs> property many? in the Hamptons. <laughs> no, I've got a house. You know, it's like, it feels very yeah. irresponsible to to create something that I may never put out there or to even sometimes practice. No one's paying me to practice. And it feels like I, when, I, when I first started, it was irresponsible if I didn't do something just for doing it for the sake of beauty and to do and to push into places I've never been. And now it feels like that mm-hmm. conversation is totally flipped and it feels like I, I have to fight the urge to not feel irresponsible from no one most of the time for myself, you know? So, yeah. yeah and I think this conversation, he, you know, it was, a, it was a, he spoke to that, that and hit me a few times in that place. So. Well, I, I think it's not just us. I think most people can probably relate to that. And I hope that to anyone listening, that today's conversation with Sondra Urians opens up some things for you, some permission on the inside, maybe some courage or obedience on the outside. Here's our conversation with noted composer and musician Sondra Urians. I'm Sandra Urians. I'm a um, composer for film, TV, uh, and also a musician. Uh, I just put out a, a solo record. Um, and yeah, I, I, that's that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. It's a wonderful record. Thank you very much. Thank you. Obviously, I want to talk about Beasts a little bit later on as we get going and, sure. and more of your career. 
But um, just like all of our episodes, I'd love to get your response where you're at right now or in whatever way it strikes you to our source material. Um, If you're new to listening to the podcast, our source for the resistance comes from Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art. And in it, he writes this. Most of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. And between the two stands the resistance. Sunder, I'd love to know on your end, what does resistance look like for you at this point in your career? And what's your relationship? It's such a huge subject for me that it's hard to, to figure out where to start. Um, I, I love that quote. It, it's, it, it, to me, that sounds like the idea of potentiality in, in all of us as artists. And the resistance is that barrier between that potential, you know, the, wh- whether it's a barrier that we put up for ourselves often or that it's an outside barrier off that can happen um, or both, all of it. I, I, I struggle with that, that barrier on a, on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd, I'd even venture to say it might be the, one of the biggest focuses of my life is is kind of how to manage that and recently I, you know i guess the the you know the, the way we live right now in in the kind of in the era of covid times and um has kind of you know has forced us all into a, a much more maybe potentially uh, introspective place or at least you know we we kind of have to deal with ourselves a little bit more than usual and for me, that barrier is definitely comes from myself. So, you know, I guess my, my recent struggles are, are kind of interesting because, you know, COVID has been a, a, such a, a blessing and a curse in so many ways. Um, on one hand, it's like what I always crave as an artist is this uninterrupted time where you just have focus and you don't have to think about family trips, uh, holidays don't mean necessarily as much. Uh, there's just nothing coming up, you know, unless I f- like force some kind of like little mini vacation for me and my wife, but there's, there's really <laughs> there's nothing on the horizon, but making <laughs> music for me and, or whatever else I'm working on in a moment. And it's, it's great. And it has been great in a lot of ways, you know, but I'm seeing, you know, the other side of it, especially recently as this gets longer and longer is that the less breakup of that time I have, the, the more chatter, you know, tends to surface in my, in my psyche. And I, I've been dealing with ways of, of interpreting that chatter or, or dispelling it or, or acknowledging it for what it is for many years. Um, you know, it's. It, I've noticed that it's it's harder now. It's harder. It's more of a challenge. There's less. There's less things that are naturally taking me out of it. This, um, you know, we referenced your first solo album earlier, and to me, it comes at a very interesting period. Looking from the outside of your life, where you were, you were in a band for several years. You know that life well, and then you've also provided the score with a. With a writing partner, you've uh, scored over what over a hundred films and television shows. So there's this vast wealth of experience, 
And yet what I've read, the way you talk about your own new release, it sounds like a new artist making his first foray <laughs> into the, yeah, and I, I just wondered in what ways has your experience helped you face maybe some of that resistance and then how much of it can you really not be saved from? For me, putting out a solo record, it feels like, I mean, it was, you know, over many years of writing this stuff and, and kind of ruminating over it. And, and it, it was probably the, I don't know, it's, it's scary for me. It's a scary thing to do. You know, there's something different about releasing music with a band. You have, you know, other people that are there to kind of, lift you up when you're down or, or, you know, and vice versa. And then with scoring films, you know, I have Danny who's been my kind of lifelong music partner and, and we go into this, all of this together. And so we're always supporting each other. And also with films, you know, there's, there's very little, you put very little of yourself on the line as a film composer. I mean, you, you do like in terms of the, the music you make and, and the, the creative aspect of it. But once it comes to putting it out and trying to trying to get people to watch it or listen to it, it's out of your hands. I mean, it's a film, like it's being marketed by the studio or the producers. The director usually is the one getting most of the credit. And, you know, we just kind of sit back and <laughs> enjoy that. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's nice. It's nice not to to be in the spotlight. I don't, I don't feel like I'm a person who who's super comfortable with that, that part of myself. So releasing a solo album was a, a huge step for me. And uh, there was <laughs> huge amounts of resistance along the entire journey, I guess. Why do it then? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, uh, because because I love writing this music that I've put out. Um, I love writing these songs. There's a, um, with film, which I've, you know, film has become my, my, my life in many ways musically. And, 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 and I love it and I'm so grateful to be doing it and, and making a living with it. But there's definitely a, you know, there's, there's a, you're, you're, I like to kind of, equate it with illustration, you know, where you're drawing something, you're drawing an illustration of a story for a story. And, you know, although your own style can be applied to it, you're still in service to the story. You know, we are making music that is creative and it's wonderful to make, but it's always in service to a story. And we're always collaborating with a bigger team, director, editor, and it can get you know, it can be stifling sometimes and, and frustrating. You know, there's there's many times where, you know, I'll write a piece of music and it won't be received well by the director and won't go in the film or they'll have a whole bunch of notes and <laughs> to change it. And it can be really frustrating. I mean, we've we've gotten to a point where we're, well, I don't know if you ever get to this point, but I mean, we're better at we're in general, since the beginning, we've been very good at, at keeping our egos in check and, and being able to suffer through that kind of thing without, without it being a big deal for us. And I think that's what makes us successful as film composers in a lot of ways that we're, you know, we are very collaborative and we are very open 
to changing things and rewriting things. But as a creative person myself and, and, you know, expressing what I really have to say musically, it was, it's not, it's not fully satisfying for me. So for me, the other side of that was writing songs and, and pieces of music on my own that I had nobody but myself to answer to, which could arguably be worse than a director sometimes um but the the yeah so these songs kind of came out you know like i I wrote there's many more songs that that didn't make it on this album but i I wrote many songs over the years and and they were always kind of a therapeutic kind of way of, of dealing with the rest of my career and and at a certain point you know i i always along the way i was kind of i open them up and listen to them and, and work on them some more. And, and I get excited sometimes and be like, I got to put these out. I got to do something. And then that, that period of excitement would wane and my, my critical mind would, my resistance would, would grow stronger and, and I'd put them back on the shelf. And, um, and I went through many phases of that until I don't, I'm not quite sure what it was that made me decide that they needed to really go out. It might be part of reaching a certain point in my success as a film composer that I was less, I cared less about what people might think of it because it wasn't my, you know, like I wasn't relying on it for, for my future or my income or, or things like that. Might have been part of it. Maybe the body of work just kind of came together also in a, in a way, in a synergistic way, an organic way. I'm not sure, but it, it just happened a couple of years ago, and that's when I started the process of, of releasing it. Yeah, you could have easily just written and even recorded these and mm. sat on them as these therapeutic exercises, like you mentioned. Yeah. Is, is there something that immediately comes to mind if I say, why put this out there? I mean, it, it, like, is there something there under, like that that is kind of wanting to come out? And yeah, I th- I think that as as a musician. Uh, as an artist in general, we, we do need to experience feedback from an audience. Mm. For, for me, it was, it was very much like maybe part of the, the therapeutic idea of, of this music was to put it out. And I, when I, I would joke when I was starting the process with people and it wasn't a joke, it was, it was real. It was a real feeling but i was basically say you know i just would be i would be happy if like a hundred people listened to this record that i don't know and that was true it was just it just needed to be out of my hard drive i guess i i which i i could equate to my mind in a way it has to get out of my mind <laughs> hard drive mind yeah but i don't i don't know it's like there's a finality to releasing something and and knowing that it's out in the world and now it has its own life and and it's almost like a birth uh, of this thing that you created and and you know for me i'm not you know i find myself now that it's out like i'll check my spotify plays and I'll, i'll look at the views on youtube and i'll i'll read the reviews and get excited or not and (laughs) but i'm not overly obsessed with it you know i'm more interested in First of all, I feel crazy gratitude to to it even being out there and having the life that it has already. It's like 
you know, way beyond my expectations. So I'm, I'm super happy and, and, and satisfied in that regard. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. (laughs) It's, it's that, I guess it's that idea of it being this kind of, it's the beginning of its life outside of my mind. (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm thankful for your answer in some way, because I was going to ask about that, that when an album has come from, you know, you said these, this was therapeutic, you've not made a secret that this album sort of came from a time of great brokenness or, or, or darkness. Hmm. Does it feel like you're able to finally put a cap on all of that, that you're able to finally move on with some closure by both documenting and then sort of letting it go? Yeah, for sure. I think there was a, and and I didn't even, that wasn't something I was expecting as I went about releasing it. I think one of the, one of the, one of the parts that made these songs very difficult for me to, to put out into the world what was the fact that they're so personal and and they brought up something for me that you know maybe I didn't want to constantly be reminded of and uh, you know a time of my life that, that wasn't a comfortable time for me and it, that you know like I want to put behind me but in releasing the record along with a lot of other stuff I kind of do in my own life I, I found that it, it actually made me come to terms with a lot of that stuff. You know, I, I, I had come to terms with, with a lot of this, the stuff of that time over the past years, but this was definitely a, a bigger reminder and a bigger kind of, you know, every time I would listen to those songs, listen to a mix or something, I would be torn apart by, <laughs> you know, dueling emotions of, you know, mm. of myself now and myself then. And, and so, yeah, I mean, once it was out and I was, you know, and, and I also like, you know, I was a little worried about talking about it. I didn't want to talk about it. I, that's part of, you know, when I went about releasing this, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to play it live. I don't want to talk about it. I just want it out there. <laughs> but I found myself talking about it and I found myself feeling okay with that. You know, I think it's, <laughs> it's just part of the whole thing. It, it's, sure. It's a package. Well, I'm, I mean, I don't want to make you talk about it, <laughs> but also it feels a little remiss and we don't have to go there at all if you don't want, but it feels like we're talking around this vague thing that happened. Can, can you define that to any degree that you're comfortable with of what was going on in that time? I think it was a, a cumulative. Um, there were, God. It's it's hard because there's so many different things happening, but in the end, it was a, a a period of years that I suffered very severe depression, anxiety. I, th- I think a lot. A part of it was it was right in the beginning of when I started scoring films, and the band had dissolved, and I, I kind of realized that my life was taking this new turn, and I I wasn't quite sure if if that's where I wanted to go as, as an artist. And, and then I was, you know, my life had sh- shifted drastically. I went from touring, you know, half the year to being in a studio in New York. And it, it was very different, <laughs> even though it was still music, but, you know, at the same time, I was also working multiple jobs and trying to make ends meet. And I, I was just, I was confused. I was like, I was, uh, I had had a history of depression already in my life. Um, and I was u- using alcohol and drugs uh, in, a, in a very excessive way to manage that. And it was, 
you know, to the point where I had to ask for help and kind of get myself out of that, that place. And those years, actually, when I started that process of trying to quit that behavior was when things got the most difficult for me and the depression became much deeper and uh, I was very lost. And throughout it, I was still working and, and writing music and stuff, but I was, I was in a, I was, I was really, really in a bad, bad, awful place. <laughs> and my, you know, I was, I was with my, my wife and I've been together for 19 years now, 18 years. And we, you know, it, it really affected our relationship. Uh, you know, we were very close to splitting up at that time and we didn't, we got, we got our own help and I made it through this much stronger. And, and so, yeah. And so th- these songs were, you know, most of the songs were actually, you know, cause really during that time, I, 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 it's not that I stopped writing, but I really, I don't know how productive I was, but the, the really kind of inspired period came in the years kind of coming out of that period, I guess, and realizing that I, I had a, I had these kind of multiple sides to myself and, and kind of being okay with those sides and accepting these darker elements of myself rather than fighting them. I was going to ask this and you maybe already answered it for me, but I just want to make sure because you said, you know, you mentioned, I'm not really sure how productive I was during those years. Mm. And I was going to ask what role did creativity play for you during that time? Are any of these songs rooted in that time or are they all sort of snapshots afterward? Yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to honestly to remember. Um, okay. Because many, you know, a lot of the songs might have just started with guitar noodling and, and uh, you know, that they didn't get recorded right away. So like the the documented versions I have of them are usually a little bit, well, I guess some of them are right smack in the middle of this. Yeah, I think that some of them are directly out of that time. I just know myself, you know, in, in terms of like writing and, and depression, which, which you know, like I, I've dealt so much with. And I know that I, I just don't write when I'm depressed. I'm not that I'm not that kind of artist who like maybe the, the quintessential like oh, I'm hurting so bad. I'm going to write a song about it. <laughs> it just doesn't work for me that way. I have to be on the, the upswing and I can use those, you know, those the memories of that of those times, you know, however far away they are, to to inspire music. But I definitely don't write when I'm in the the thick of it. You know, I, I, that's why it's such a dangerous place for me. I guess. Yeah, you've had such tremendous success with scoring these films and TV shows, etc. And you've had the band life, and then and then now this. And I, I guess I just wonder whether the success or that you had or wished that you had with the band. And then now what you have there, like how does that mess with your expectations for what you're doing now? Do you wish that some of that could have happened for the band or, or your own solo stuff earlier? I, yeah, I guess when you're busy with assignments versus maybe what you want to be doing and. Yeah. I mean, obviously 
uh, it's all been a a road to lead to this place, I think, you know, like, I don't know if I would have released this album if it hadn't been for obviously the experiences I've had past, you know, 10 years of my life scoring films and stuff. And and just sonically, the the way that the album came together was very much inspired by by film scoring and, and, you know, I, I'm not just releasing one album. I'm, I'm going to go on and keep doing this. I have plenty of songs in the works and, you know, I want it to become a part of my career rather than like a something separate. You know, I, I think in terms of, man, it's so hard to say if I wish the band had, <laughs> the band had somehow been super successful, maybe I would never have scored a film and I would never have <laughs> gone into this career, you know, which has been so satisfying in so many ways. Um, yeah. So I, I think that I'm very, I think I'm very happy with the way things have gone and, and led to this, this place. I think it's a, a great place to end up. It's, it is not hard to even picture some sort of visual elements when listening to the record. Uh, So this feels very much from the outside, like you couldn't have made this record without your body of work in terms of scoring. Is that true? And and if it is true, do you have some sort of visuals in mind while you're putting this together? Um, I don't really, not, 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 Nothing concrete. I mean, mostly for me was that w- what was important about Beasts was the arc of the record, I think. I, I-, I grew up listening to Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and-, and a lot of heavy metal and, you know, a lot of, a lot of concept albums. And, you know, I-, I-, I really believe in that idea that an album is, a- is an experience and a story. And my experience with film... I think just made that stronger in, in, in what I wanted. So I, I was very conscious of, you know, when I was sequencing the record and, and of making this kind of this journey, you know, wh- whether it's more of an abstract, it's not a concept. It's a, it's an abstract arc that I, I find satisfying, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the, the work in film, it's interesting because if I if I listen to these songs, I can point out different periods of uh, or different films, even specific films that inform specific songs. Um, and you know, I would also go back in over the years and add, you know, maybe some interesting textures that I found during a, a film recording or a film scoring project. And, and add those to some of the songs. and But yeah, I think both, you know, conceptually and, and, and sonically that, that it's, it's informed a lot of this, this record for sure. A couple quick questions for you. Of all of your experiences in scoring, which project has to date proved the most challenging mm. and which are you most proud of? Whew. That's a hard one. <laughs> Um, well, God, I think there's two films that I'm most proud of. And, and, uh, one of them is an older one called enemy. Another one is LA 92. And they're both, they were both, I'm not sure what, what I, I feel like they're both, the music is really like 
directly what Danny and I want to make. I think it's, it's a, you know, there's a, a epicness to it, a, a size to it. That's, uh, that's, that's satisfying. And then there's also a kind of a artistic edge to it and, and originality that, that we, we really value. And then the hardest projects, God, there's been so many, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think they're, they're all, they all have their challenges. There's, it's very rare that we get a, a project that I'm like, Oh, that was, that was pretty easy. <laughs> um, but you know, recently we, we worked on the devil all the time, which is Antonio Campos's newest film. And, and we're really happy with the way it came out, but it was a struggle that the, you know, the working with Antonio is, is, is very satisfying because he doesn't use temp in his edit. So we, we kind of work with him to find where all the score goes and the, the, the language of the score starts from a very, you know, you know, from a very rough edit, um, even an assembly, but, you know, throughout the, the process, it, it's just, it went on for a really long time. It was, there were a lot of different directions we explored and, you know, and there are some moments where we wanted to go a certain direction and he wanted to go a different direction. And, you know, that's, that's classic in our, in our job. We just have to learn to deal with that stuff and, and still remain, first of all, professional. And then also with enough integrity that we we're not just giving in to doing what somebody else is wanting us to do, but we're also, you know, making sure that it is original and is, is our voice coming out. That's always a challenge. I mean, the biggest, I think the biggest overall challenge of scoring films is that is learning that, that dialogue with the, with the team, with the director and, or whoever is the most vocal in, in the music and not becoming overwhelmed by it but also giving it its breath and, and not, uh, and not giving in so much that you lose yourself. Exactly. Yeah. You've been listening to the resistance. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And for more information and further episodes, you can find us at listen to the engineering, production, and additional music by Jay Kirkpatrick. My name is Matt Connor, and I'm your host. Thanks for listening.